one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we've got a crazy story of revenge against a mother that ruined somebody's life. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, you want to be the daughter-in-law to my husband's family? I'll tell your fiancé. My husband and I have been married for some years. Before we got together, he told me he had a daughter from a previous relationship. I understood and still chose to be with him. He's a great father to his daughter, and I love her with all my heart. My stepdaughter is kind, smart, and considerate. Her mother, on the other hand, not so much. When we first began dating, he had no issues with seeing his daughter. Once we got engaged, that's when trouble began to start. Even though she's engaged, she's basically tried to ruin his relationship with his daughter. She would intentionally not let him see her and even kept her away for nine months. She took him to court for child support as well as the set time to finally get to see his daughter. I thought everything would be fine. Come time for us to get married and we asked if daughter could attend wedding. We asked two months in advance. No answer, no text message, just left unread. This was the week before he was supposed to have her for holiday and we basically got ignored due to her mother not wanting her to be there. We ended up having a wedding without her. I could tell my husband was heartbroken because he wanted her to be a part of our day. I was crushed myself because I also wanted her to be. I received a phone call from my mother-in-law a day after the wedding stating that stepdaughter's mother had called and said even though my husband got married, She will always be her daughter-in-law, not me. In response, my mother-in-law laughed her off the phone. The following day was Christmas. We picked up my stepdaughter and brought her home to open presents. After that, we had to take her back to meet her mother. Upon arriving, we were met by stepdaughter's mother's fiancé congratulating us on our nuptials. The mother steps out the car and asks if she could talk to me. A little backstory, I never speak to her. A hello or goodbye is basically all I say. I have no desire to speak to her due to her attitude as well as calling me out my name. My stepdaughter gets in the car and her mother proceeds to congratulate us as well. She asks if we could do a double date so she could get to know me. I tell her no thank you. They both proceed to call me rude. I then proceed to explain how she made a phone call to my mother-in-law about how she will always be the daughter-in-law, not me. The look on her fiance's face was priceless. You both should have left it at no. I can humbly decline. Now both of you look stupid. I love the fact that they were only acting this way when they thought people they actually cared about weren't looking. That gave you so much ammo to just destroy their world there. Also hi, I'm Steven and if you enjoy awesome stories of revenge, why not hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our next story is build me an expensive fence. One night, I had a knock at my door from the funeral homeowners down the street. They told me that they had just bought the property between us and were going to demolish the house to build a parking lot. They said that they wanted to build a nice vinyl fence between us and that they would pay for everything. All they needed from me was to sign an agreement saying that it was okay for them to build the fence. This agreement was three pages long. I told them that I'd be happy to take the agreement and read or sign it tomorrow because it was already 9pm. 
They told me that they couldn't leave the document with me and that I had to sign it right now. I responded that I don't ever sign legal documents without reading them completely and that I don't have the time right now to read them, then suggested that they mail me a copy. After this, they got very pushy and told me that I have to sign it and I have to do it right now. At this point, I told them to get off my property and slammed my door shut. I did some research and city code required them to build a very specific type of fence because we had two different zonings of property next to each other. A bit later, they built a foam core concrete fence that was 8 feet tall. It looked good and to the untrained eye, looked to meet the requirements of the city ordinance. At this time, I also received a letter from their lawyer about the old wooden fence that they also left standing was on their side of the property line, and that if I tore it down, repaired it, or did anything else to it, they would take legal action against me. Cue the petty revenge. I found a city ordinance that outlaws a fence within a fence. It basically says that there's only one fence allowed per property line. I took that to the city planning commission and they forced my neighbor to remove the wooden fence. I refused to allow him or his workers onto my property. After that was completed, I went back to the planning commission to demand that the correct fence be built. City ordinance stipulated an 8 foot tall solid masonry fence and explicitly forbid the use of foam core fencing in this situation. The commission sided with me and made him tear out his brand new fence. After that, he put up a temporary chain link, freestanding fence, between our properties. The wind kept blowing it down, so I asked him to take care of it. He told me to figure it out myself. So I welded his rented fence pieces together. They were no longer portable, but hey, they stopped blowing down. They were also taking a long time to get the permanent fence in, so I ordered a Borat-style neon green Speedo. You should Google it to really understand. I then wore that during the nights in the summer while I sat at my fire pit. The guests of funerals could clearly see all of me lit up in the twilight. I like to think that this helped motivate them to put in an opaque fence. When he finally put in the correct fence, his workers trampled about 30 feet of my rose bushes and killed them, so I had the planning commission order him to pay me damages for the roses. The workers also broke some of my sprinklers, and I was able to force him to repair those too. To top this all off, he stained his side of the new fence and left mine with only stained splatters and stained drips. Since I was batting a thousand, I went back to the city ordinances and found one that prohibited this exact situation. Back to the commission I went. After more fighting, he had to pay to stain my side of the fence too. It took five and a half years of petty revenge, but now I have a beautiful tall fence to keep my yard quiet and safe. It added a lot of value to my property too. Hey Mr. and Mrs. Funeral Home, sign that. All I know is, if there was ever a document in which I wanted nothing more than to not sign it, it would be one where they're at 9pm at my door pushing on me saying, sign it, you need to sign this right now. Uh, yeah, uh, no thanks. God forbid OP probably just about avoided signing off their whole property rights to these people. Probably had so much verbiage in there about like trampling OP's land and access to their land and stuff. Our next story is, my mother ruined my life, so I made sure she ruined her own life with the same lies she told that ruined mine. My mother is a textbook narcissistic parent. So when I, at the age of 6, called my family crying because I knew something was wrong and she didn't love me, my mother decided to punish me for ruining her image. 
She spun the story to my family. I was a pathological liar and I was brainwashed by her mother to ruin her life. She effectively cut me off from my family and from the outside world and made sure I had no internet or cell phone access until I moved out. She prevented me from getting a job and tried sabotaging my efforts to get into college. I went through heck in that house. When I was younger, I retaliated in immature ways. But as I got older, I was very, very careful with how I talked to her. I only ever told her the truth. Remember, she convinced herself that I was a pathological liar. So if I tell her the truth, she'll now think whatever I said is only intended to hurt her. If I say, you should bring an umbrella today, it looks like rain, she'll make a point to not bring one despite me and get caught in the rain. If a friend said something similar to what I said and was genuinely trying to help her, my mom would think that person is her enemy and remove them from her life. She only has nasty people in her life since she's removed herself from everyone who cared. Some examples if you care to read. I would tell her about her friends that were plotting behind her back. She didn't believe me and hung out with them even more. They put her name on the payment for an object she doesn't have and has to pay tens of thousands of dollars for. You can't say I didn't warn her. She called me looking for advice. All right. She was basically going to fly across the country to go stalk someone, and I told her not to do that. He'll dislike her even more and he could call the police. I got in touch with her dad and told him to try to stop her. She went because now she was convinced it would work. The poor guy was hiding in his workplace while she was outside crying for him to come outside. You can't say I didn't warn her. I hear she's in therapy now, but it doesn't seem to be working much. I can imagine why. It must be a very upsetting experience to have a professional tell you the same lies your pathological liar of a daughter told you. I think this is how you kill someone with kindness. If somebody is that deluded, at what point do they have to like have a proper intervention? I mean, are they just doomed? They might be. Our next story is, you want to lie about me? Then I'll tell everyone every truth. My dad is absolutely awful. He always has been, but around three years ago, I had had enough. I was 17 and had just moved to Colorado from Texas, had been in and out of the hospital due to extreme dizzy spells. Went to the doctor a few days ago and found out the cause was high blood pressure, and the doctors incorrectly said it was just altitude sickness and my blood pressure was just high due to nerves. The woman he forced us to move across the country to live with cheated and so he finally said we should move back to Texas because of my dizzy spells. He ended up leaving me in a place with no food or running water, and I didn't hear from him for two weeks. So I did what any teenager who wanted to survive would do. I ran away. I left in the middle of the night to go stay with a friend he didn't know. A few days later, he texts me, demanding to know where I was so he could come get me, and I said no. So he told our entire family I was a liar and was never sick, and that he left the woman he loved and moved us back to Texas just because I was unhappy. He'd been lying about me for years, saying I was making up being assaulted by my half-brother, was never abused by my ex-stepmom. He had the gall to say the reason I kept getting CPS involved as a kid was not because of those horrible things, but rather because I just wanted attention. I had enough, so I went on Facebook and exposed every little detail about my childhood and him. How he ignored my stepmom hurting us and locking away the food so we couldn't eat. 
How he ignored my essay and moved us every time CPS started a case. How he lied and let my dog starve to death after my siblings and I got removed from his care for a few years because he abandoned us for almost a month with no food. How he stole and sold my sister's pain meds to buy drugs. How he was responsible for my brother getting arrested because we were never supposed to be there because our mom said no, but he took us anyways and my brother had to defend my sister from a guy who sicked his pit bull on her, which got my brother charged with assault. How he used my money to gamble. How he threatened to assault my fiance who's 30 years younger than him because he was Mexican and supported me being trans. How he ignored his 58-year-old friend hitting on me when I was 16 until he could get money from sympathetic people for it. How he encouraged me to go hook up with guys at 15 to 17 years old because he thought it would turn me straight. Every little detail that he worked so hard to keep hidden that I probably would never have shared if he would have just not been a jerk. Now he's a pariah among our family. They don't give him money, they won't give him a place to crash, and do not believe a word he says. I'm still an outcast for my family because I'm a non-Christian, LGBTQ person, and they're all super religious, but I don't care. I got my revenge. Honestly, considering everything OP said here, not just about their father, but about their family, I think OP's too good for all of them anyways. You don't want people like that in your life, they're all gonna try to bring you down. It's crazy to me that they can hear these things about what he's done to you all your life and despise and deplore him for it and in the end also be like, God says we have to hate you though, by the way, so. This next story is, you are parked illegally. Don't you hate it when you find your parking spot occupied by strangers? The shop I worked at had an empty yard behind it, which you could just squeeze four cars into in a two-by-two arrangement. We used this to provide parking for our staff, who would often be working late shifts. With the lack of free parking in that busy shopping district, many people were tempted to borrow our parking spots for 5 minutes, which as you know is illegal parker lingo for all day. Given the layout of the yard, the illegal parkers would normally block off two spots or risk getting parked in. Occasionally they would block all four. My colleagues and I were sick of not having anywhere to park several times a week. So, armed with a printer, A4 paper, and a giant UHU glue stick, I set about on my quest for petty revenge. You are parked illegally. You have taken up two parking spots that the occupants of this property have paid to use. Because of your actions, two local workers won't have staff parking today and will lose most of their day's wages to a parking station. Your license plate number has been recorded. If you're caught using these spaces again, further action will be taken up to and including the towing of your vehicle. I printed out a bunch of these and started sticking them to cars that parked there. The title was in giant 80-point font that could be read from across the road. It makes for a very embarrassing billboard. The notices were glued to both rear passenger windows. The entire back surface of the notice was one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Plastered with glue, leaving no air pockets. The amount of glue ensured that paper would only tear away in tiny strips, leaving the bottom layer intact. The only way to remove it cleanly was with soap and lots of water. Was this legal? Yes, it was. The law here forbids doing anything that obscures the driver's vision or damages the vehicle. Since the notices are placed on the rear passenger windows and come off without damage, the stickers were in full compliance with the law. I'm glad to report that illegal parking greatly decreased, and no one has ever parked there twice. Although OP assures that this is totally legal, I'm not sure if what they did here really is legal because it does feel a bit like defacing property. Like even if the cost of soap and water and the time and effort to clean it off is very minimal, that's still some amount of tangible damages that they caused, right? Our next story is, won't fix the car? We'll take it out of your commission. My girlfriend and I came back from a year in Asia and Australia, and she needed to buy a used car since we sold hers before the trip. Found a VW on CarMax, drove out to look at it, and it had a scrape alongside one of the doors. We asked the salesman if they would discount the car $400 for the scrape, figuring that it would cost that to fix. And the salesman said, nope, we don't negotiate. Then we asked if we could pay by credit card because we collect miles and pay it off every month, and he said sure. Cut to about an hour later, as we're finalizing the paperwork and the salesman comes out and asks if we could pay by another means because the credit card fees charged to the dealer would be about $400. We looked at each other and said, nope, we don't negotiate. Ended up getting the car, on the card, and to top it off, they had some sort of get a Garmin when you buy a car, so we forced them to give that to us after some back and forth emails, and I sold it for a table saw. Made out pretty good. All I can say is, I hope that credit card also had some cash back because, hey, that's a pretty good deal. This next story is, Director forms subsidiary and insists on using his favorite computer. About 1990, I was invited to a board of directors meeting by the president to be introduced to our new 
Surprise, director of R&D, John. I was told to outfit John with the latest computer and software that I was supplying for design. I had to divert a PC from a newly hired engineer for John, who immediately berated me because it wasn't anything like the Mac he'd been using. A week of later, I was left a message from John to retrieve this POS, only to find it shoved onto the floor and a salesman setting up John's new Mac. Cut to two months later, where John's taking several designers with him to start a subsidiary, he calls me to tell me he's ordered everybody new Mac 2s. So much faster and without memory limitations like our crappy PCs. Cue the petty revenge. What design software are you going to run, John? They said same as yours, as we have to be compatible. Well, John, I've been trying for two years to get that software company to support a Mac-based version, and they absolutely refuse to discuss it. Have fun with the $25,000 worth of Macs you bought for the designers. They had to return them and asked me for quotes on the latest PCs I was getting. John bailed on the subsidiary two years later. That's really impressive that this guy decided to get into business while having absolutely zero knowledge of what exactly they need to fund to make it all even work. This dude is almost destined to be a drifter trying to find the next, I don't know, quick buck to try to blow up for them. Our next story is, I'll get better while you get fired. Quite some time ago, I started as a first year teacher. Anyone who's a teacher can tell you the first few years are especially rough. But it's even worse when your administration is completely toxic. What's worse is this was a charter school so there was less protections for teachers and a lot of shady practices. Initially, my biggest issue was this jerk of an assistant principal who from day one decided she didn't like me and had it out for me. She would try to write me up for anything she could. She never had an observation, she just made up her evaluations of my classes. She made my first year heck. Now, initially I thought the problem was entirely her, but then I met two of my favorite people. I was placed with a new team for my second year, and it was through them that I learned that it wasn't just the jerk of an AP who was toxic. The whole administration was bad-mouthing me and made my new team think I was a complete train wreck. I was nowhere near anything great, but they made it sound like I was completely incompetent and just let the kids run amok. They clued me into all the bad-mouthing they'd been doing, and now I had a better understanding of what I was dealing with. I got through the second year slightly better, but admin decided to place me on probation for the next year. Their evidence as to why was the four observations that were made during the year. I only had one observation ever, and you could see she screwed up because the observation was marked extremely high. The others had to be ranked so low that they could put me on probation. The reason for this was so that they wouldn't have to give me a raise for that next year. They had the numbers just below what qualifies for a raise, but high enough to not have to fire me. I was done, and so was my new team. We had learned that the year before I started, several of my students had been allowed to cheat on the state testing, and admin had pushed many teachers to help kids on the test. Someone on my team tipped off a few parents, which caused them to pull their kids from the school, and I think one of them tipped off the district. Sadly, nothing came from that, yet at least. So I talked to them and several others, and we spent the last few days of school applying to every position we could find just to leave this place. Almost all of us found new positions, and several of the school's best middle school teachers left. Several months later, I heard from one of my friends who was still there. 
she was a lead teacher and couldn't get close to her salary anywhere else. She mentioned that the assistant AP was continuing to badmouth me and saying I'd be fired by the end of the first quarter. It pissed me off, but it solidified my desire to do well and push myself. Then it happened. Thanks to the extra scrutiny from the tip-off, the school was audited in extra time for their paperwork for their ESE kids, kids with special needs. The school had been so horribly out of compliance, they were facing serious consequences but they managed to wiggle out of it. How, you might ask? The snake of a principal had managed to arrange it behind the scenes so that if something like this happened, blame would fall entirely on the assistant AP. To avoid more serious consequences, the school immediately fired her. What's really petty is I'm still teaching and doing well, and from the random check-ins using the internet, she's never been able to get a position at a school. I think it goes without saying that people like this should not be allowed to get back into the education field. I mean, God forbid anybody here actually focuses on trying to make sure the kids do well and succeed. Beyond the staff being fairly treated and compensated, that should be pretty much the only focus. This next story is, say goodbye to your summer job. I worked at a job that hired extra staff during the summer. These summer workers were needed because we were always really busy in those months. I was a manager, which meant that I was one of the people in charge of training and managing the new summer staff. Unfortunately for me, one worker wasn't that interested in his job. He'd been hired on a recommendation from an employee he was friends with, and maybe because of that, he had a pretty casual attitude towards work. I don't know if he thought he was untouchable or what, but the guy came in hungover often enough that the rest of the staff noticed. He was a fun-loving guy, but in retrospect, this maybe should have been a red flag. One day when we were absolutely slammed with work, I asked him to get change because the till was running low and he was the first employee without any customers. He flat out refused and got angry, saying that he'd already done it yesterday and wasn't doing it again. We didn't really have time for him to say no because of the long lineups and if you've ever worked a job with customers, you'll know that people get angry when the line takes too long. In the summer, we got change all the time because of how busy we were. It's something every single employee had done before, including myself before I became a manager. I should also mention that the place he needed to go was less than a minute away, so I wasn't asking him to go halfway across town. I ended up having to wait for another employee to be available and ask them instead. I didn't go myself as I was the only one authorized to process tickets and had to be available to answer the phone and handle customer complaints. Also, work policy said that as a manager, I wasn't supposed to leave the premises while on shift in case of emergencies. To this day, I don't know why he said no. Maybe he was having a bad day. Maybe he had a problem with me. But he'd never spoken to me that way before. And I guess you could say it opened my eyes to his behavior. I'd ignored the perpetual hangovers because he got along with the rest of the staff but a lot of the time he'd seem reluctant to do more than the bare minimum. Maybe he only saw it as a summer job and figured he'd be gone in a few months. So what did it matter? The petty happened next year when I was involved in hiring. His name was brought up and I flat out vetoed him as a summer employee. I wasn't willing to work with him again and not have him pull his own weight. His previous attitude lost him easy employment with a job he was already familiar with. Hope it was worth it, buddy. I am almost willing to bet that this guy probably didn't care too much about this job, 
Because if they're willing to act like that and treat other people that way, especially when it comes to just doing the duties of their job, like they can't be too afraid of losing that job, right? Unless they were somehow that sure that their job was secure. Our next story is, and I'd eat it again. A preface edit, I'm talking about the Subway sandwich shop. A couple years ago, I was at a Subway with my friend, and we were behind a figurative witch in the lineup. She was being so rude to the worker, who was literally doing nothing wrong, to the point where everyone was giving her the look. After another nasty comment from her while she was taking her sandwich after paying, my roommate chimed in with something like, You know it's not that hard to be kind. And I followed up with, I hope you have a great day. Kill him with kindness, right? I don't know if the subway worker did it on purpose or not. I honestly hope she did at this point. But she gave the nasty witch my sandwich and I got hers. So after all of her, can you not work at a snail's pace? And no, I said I want this. That hag ended up with the wrong order. I kid you not, the sub she ordered contained nothing but bologna, lettuce, and mayo. And I freaking ate every last crumb with nothing but satisfaction from knowing she took home one of the most flavorful, spiciest sandwiches known to the Subway franchise. I literally am not hardwired in any way to, in public, be a jerk to some person who's just working behind the counter. Like, maybe if the person behind the counter was insulting me to my face, okay, maybe I could get riled up enough. But I just can't imagine, even on like my worst of worst days, carrying out that badly. If I went to Subway, I'm 100% a please and thank you guy, but if there's bad service, if they are taking a long time, if they're skimping out a lot, I'll just be pretty much quiet. I just kind of go silent. I don't like insult people. Beep boop. Editing note here, the update neighbor was petty on his property limits story has a prior post in the actual post, so I'm going to start with that and then read the update because they're both kind of short. Our next story is, neighbor was petty on property limits, now I'm going to make him replace his whole fence. When my contractor installed the fence around my property, he made a mistake and went over the property line by 4 centimeters along my neighbor's hedge. My neighbor made a fuss of it and even dragged us to court. We lost, obviously. He was petty, but that's the law. However, we found out today that his dog is amongst the dangerous breeds. So his fence should be two meters high with a concrete base around all of his property. Turns out the current one is one meter forty with no base. Guess what complaint I'm going to file with the police? I have three small kids who like to play in the yard and he's trained his dog to bark whenever they go outside. He's a heinous guy for real. Update, neighbor was petty on property limits. Surveyor came today to install the new boundary markers, and in a very happy for us twist, they were actually stealing more land from us than we were from them, just on the other stretch of our shared limit. Their fence was off by 2 degrees over 17 meters, meaning overall they took over our property by 5.1 square meters and the back of their shed is too close to the line of the new survey according to zoning regulation we're laughing it's hysterical for us that they went through all the trouble of making us pay for a survey over 0.4 square meters but are going to end up losing part of theirs maybe have to tear their shed not sure if we're going to be magnanimous on this point and not report them on that And of course, the dog-proof fencing all around their property. 
So to all the people saying I was stealing from them, I hope you have enough stones to throw their way too. This dude went through the trouble of reporting you, dragging you to court over this whole thing, and training their dog to bark at you and your kids? Report that shed. Who cares at this point? You already know that he hates you as a neighbor. Maybe you doing all this will cause them to just pack up and move and that would be the best thing possible. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.